Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. So, okay, John, so I got some questions for you here. And the things that I really want to get from you is I know there's stages of dating, which is important. And by the way, the last thing I said, I got a bunch of proposals uh, and I was really just getting to the fact that I never had married yet because I'm, you know, waiting for that one and I wanted to wait to move in. I'm just that Southern girl, right? This is what you do. This is what you do. But, but along the way, even though I was taught by my dad, this is how you handle dating. This is how, when you get married, this is how, you know, what you do before you move in type thing. It, it was, it, what, what I was taught was a whole new world when I went out there, like, Dad, I think I'm going to be alone forever, uh, the way you think. The little house on the prairie is no longer, and it's just the way it is. But the five stages of dating, or I, I think it was five that you yeah. did. Yeah. I, I don't know. Oh, is it? Yay. It's um, my book on dating. Okay. All right. So is that still, what are, what are the stages oh, and does it there. still hold true? Well, okay. well, first of all, it's called Mars Venus on a date and I, I go into that, but I never answered your first question because I just talked about from 25 <laughs> to 35. Usually if the relationship is, is, is successful, but you really, both people have to have a sense of self-esteem for it to be successful. You really have to feel good about yourself. Otherwise you become too dependent and needy on your partner to make you feel good. So the point of a relationship today is not to go to somebody who can fulfill your needs to feel good. We have to learn to be independent and make ourselves feel good, but then look to the other sex to make us feel even better. But Mm -hmm. now one of the big challenges for everybody today is how many people didn't adjust and so many divorces occurred. And all those divorces started occurring after the 60s, and that's when women started becoming more independent. When women were independent, they don't know what they need a man for. And so if you don't know how to train a man, so to speak, to give you what you need, and you have to identify what you need. You need someone you can feel safe with to talk and share and express your vulnerable feelings, to get reassurance, to feel that someone respects you. You know, so my pet peeve is so many books on relationships, they always, they, when they talk about gender, they say, oh, you just respect a man. Men should be respected. No, women should be respected. And men have to understand how to respect a woman. To respect someone is to serve them. I mean, think about any time, men, that you felt really good as you overcame an obstacle in service to your children or your wife or to society if you're, you know, more selfless. You know, you, you, so as you grow, you become more and more selfless on your masculine side. And on your feminine side, as you grow, ideally, you become more loving and happy and accepting and fulfilled and more faith and more trust. You see, anytime we're upset, we're not, we're not trusting. You know, anytime we're demanding, we're not trusting. Anytime we're needy, we're not trusting. So there, there's a a maturity that we have to have now to have successful relationships. And it started in the 60s when I'm over there being an independent, you know, I'm over there being a hippie, you know, going to my female side, doing what I like, doing what I enjoy, not what you have to do. And women over there figuring in their support groups saying, this is what we have to do, you know, we have to (laughs) find equality and all that. And that's good. But then they lost touch with the softness and men lost touch with their hardness, their strength, and to various degrees. And that's measurable that's measurable with levels of hormones, which in men, they go down. And most average men at 35, and now starting at 20, but the men at around 35 uh, in the last, well, 20 years ago when men are at 35, they figured out that every year men's testosterone levels went down until the average 50-year-old uh, was half what it was when he was younger man. 
And this doesn't have to be the case. This is why you see all the Viagra commercials and everything, because the men's testosterone levels have gone down. But it's because the relationships they have are not supporting that testosterone. Now, here's three kinds of love that increases testosterone, whether you're a man or woman. Women just don't need that much testosterone. A little's good, but they don't need many 20 times more to be romantic and motivated <laughs> and interested and caring. Well, what, what raises testosterone in men is when a woman is, or anybody, is appreciative of him. He solved the problem, and someone says that was meaningful. That's purpose. That's why there's great books on purpose-driven life and so forth. Men have to have this purpose. Okay, what am I doing? What am I doing it for? And to know you're doing your purpose, you need feedback that says you're making a difference. And that is appreciation. And on this planet, the greatest cheerleaders, the greatest appreciators, the greatest are women. Women have an incredible ability to appreciate uh, what someone provides for them. And, and men don't. That's why women are always complaining, he doesn't appreciate me. <laughs> we're not good at appreciating, <laughs> but we're certainly good at serving and, and making, solving problems. And, and, you know, the fireman, you know, he says he risks his life to go in there and do that. And then afterwards, everybody says, thank you so much. He says, it's my job. It's my job. You know, <laughs> this is what we're about. You know, we're, we're like tools just to make sure we get appreciated and love for it. So men need to feel appreciated. Women need appreciation, but what they really need is respect. Respect, it raises estrogen. You know, if you look, you look in, uh, you know, right now we see so much tyranny. If you look back to, the, to where tyranny always starts with authoritarians, uh, it'd be like kings and queens who put themselves above everybody, and everybody respects them. Everybody bows to them. Wherever people bow to others, what you'll see is, you know, power corrupts. That's why it corrupts. But it won't corrupt if women get respect. If women are respected, uh, honored, and understood, if she's in touch with her femininity, and that's where the goodness comes from. You know, if we look at goodness, it's our feminine side. If we look at competence, power, that's our masculine side. And we need both. I'm not saying, you know, but men really have to, ultimately, if you look traditionally, men generally don't marry women unless they're younger. That, that, that way he's got an edge up on her where she can look up to him for something. Now, you know, women are more educated, they have more power, they have more money, and then they kind of go, what do I need a man for? But when you're young, if you have a guy who's more wise and more under, more, has been with the world more, that's, a, that's a, a huge boost. So the traditions are, you know, in some cultures, you, you only marry a woman who's seven years younger than you. And you also... Um, marry a woman who doesn't make as much money as you. You know, she goes to you looking for money. But now women make more money, so we have to change the whole dynamic. So what, if a woman's making more money and a woman is, <laughs> is more independent, what does she need in a man? What she needs is a man who can provide a sense of safety and security for her to be emotionally fulfilled. So it's a whole new language of emotional intelligence of how to provide the emotional support that women require. So, for example, arguing. If you raise your voice and argue at a woman, what will happen is that she'll shut down because she won't feel, I can trust you, I can feel safe with you, I have to be on guard with you, I have to walk on a minefield with you. Because that causes her testosterone level to rise and not her estrogen. Estrogen goes up when you feel, I can depend on someone, they're there for me. And when you have enough estrogen, they don't have to be perfect in being there for you. Women are so low in estrogen these days that they, you make one mistake and they never forget it. You know, the, and this is the way their biology is set up. If you look at their the problem the brain, with that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
So back your to point? My, <laughs> back back to the problem is when people have relationships and they fail, they don't clearly understand how did I contribute to that. See, if you don't realize that you're as big a problem in every relationship as your partner, you don't understand how you contribute to it, then you can't trust it that you'll be able to have a successful relationship next time. And you'll tend to repeat the same type of patterns. So mm-hmm. people, because they don't know how they contributed to the relationship, they're a little gun-shy with relationships. So when they start getting relationships, they start testing too much testing. It's almost like a job interview for some women when they go on a date. You know, it's like, okay, what are your plans in the future? <laughs> How much money do you make? <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, still, let's just get to know each other, have a fun time together, and share feelings and thoughts and do fun things together. It's a job interview. And, and if we come back to what you're talking about, you asked me about the five stages of dating. Well, I, I, I'll do a brief outline. It's a big book explaining all the challenges at each of the stages. But the stages are attraction, where you just there's chemistry, you feel an attraction to your partner, to somebody, and you feel that little electricity going on, or curiosity, or interest in something. That's the attraction stage, and that's nice. That's really good. The mistake women make in the attraction stage is that they follow their sexual attraction rather than their mental attraction. See, women need to first appreciate a man's character, get to know him, then that's called and and, ex, and make sure he appreciates her character and her thinking. So you. You find somebody's interesting, you start in the head, then you get to your heart where you feel safe and he does things for you and you naturally appreciate it. So that's the whole romantic date thing. And then if you feel I can be naked with him mentally and there's no conflict and I can be naked with him emotionally and I can share you know, what I like and enjoy myself and he's there for me, then you bond mentally and emotionally. Then your sex drive kicks in and you, you have what's called lasting sex drive. But if you're just turned on to a stranger, that's generally a sign that you're in fantasy world. I mean, how can you be so turned on <laughs> if you're not even, you don't even know the guy? He hasn't done anything for you. What you tend to do is be the typical woman who's single, is she does more for him. When you do more for a man than he does for you, meaning he doesn't earn his way in, if he doesn't, he doesn't bond with you. Men bond through doing and experiencing success and providing for. And women bond... Uh, when they feel someone is there for them, when they feel safe, I can express what I think, I can express how I feel, I can ask for more, I can get support, he's there for me. And women have to grow up and let go of these fantasy things of of um, falling in love with men who are married, for example. If you have any of these tendencies of having sex with a man he never calls you back, that means you have this tendency, it's backwards, I call it a daddy issue, where you, if you didn't get your daddy's love, uh, part of you is still trying to get it. This is well-known in psychology. And so what happens is that you'll find men that are available who are, who are not available. He's married. He's, once, he's a dedicated bachelor. He's, uh, he rides a motorcycle. He's dangerous. He's a drug addict. <laughs> and you'll be all attracted to him. <laughs> so basically you're turned on to men who are not available. And you tend to be a people pleaser. And... Uh, that means you have to change, you have to recognize, let me follow the attraction that comes later if it's sexual and start mental. The, for men, they need to start sexual. Okay, We start south, go up, and women start north and go down. And generally, be friends, be close, 
but don't get stuck in the friend zone. So these are a lot of challenges in the, <laughs> the attraction stage. You can just be attracted to the wrong people. If you keep having failed relationships, it's your communication skills don't work, but also sometimes you're just attracted to the wrong person because for women it was just based upon fantasy. And for men, it was he didn't take enough time to bond with her mentally and emotionally before he had sex. You see, when a man finishes having sex, there's no attraction after that. Gone, done. Uh, it takes a while for it to recover. <laughs> and, and so it's basically he doesn't bond with you unless he starts with his mind, unless you start with your mind and he connects on the mind and then the heart. So you take some time before you have sex. So that's a, a good old-fashioned girl knows that. The modern girls keep complaining. You know, he only has sex. You know, he never calls back. He never calls back because you have sex too soon. And you can rectify that. But anyway, there's, and the, there's a lot of challenges in the attraction stage that I just mentioned. Then you get to, okay, we're getting along well. I really like this person. It's wonderful. Maybe I want to be in a committed relationship with them. Maybe they're the one I could explore. Well, that's like you're house shopping, and then you find a house you want to buy. As soon as you think you want to buy it, now, before you're going to buy it, you're going to investigate that house. You're going to look in the, in the basement. You're going to check the plumbing. You're going to check leaks in the ceiling. You're going to check cracks in the foundation. got to check that plumbing. <laughs> and you, or, you, or you hire somebody to check it for you. Right? So, tell all your friends. I'll tell you what's wrong with them. But anyway, the, the point is here. That's where you go into the second stage, which is uncertainty. It's very normal. You could be with your soulmate, and you'll go through that uncertainty stage. Uh, ironically, uh, Bonnie, my soulmate of 34 years, uh, I was married before that for two years with a woman, but before that I wanted to marry Bonnie, but I didn't go through the stages correctly. We just had sex the first night, <laughs> and, and, and I wasn't... Uh, I didn't ever make it to the commitment stage because I was, you know, had been a monk for nine years. I, I told women, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm just uh, making up for past lost, lost time, so I'm not yet ready to make a commitment. And, and so, but basically, I, I got rid of all the other girlfriends, just wanted to marry Bonnie, but I wasn't yet making much money. And, you know, she, I wasn't, if, if a man doesn't have a sense of income, how can he have children, right? And so uh, I, she said, do you want to have children? I said, no. And, but I would be happy to be, be a father to your children. She had two children from a previous marriage. But she said, no, I don't think you're, you're ready for a relationship. And she was right. So I just went off and married some other woman, a uh, wonderful woman. But we, we were total role reversal. It's what I teach people now. Is when the woman's too far on the male side and the man's too far on the female side, the passion goes away, and I was shocked to hear I'm with this beautiful woman naked in bed with after two years, and I'm not turned on to her at all. How could that be? I thought, this is crazy. <laughs> but, you know, once I learned relationship skills, you know, Bonnie and I had a great sex life for 34 years, you know, and, and, and there's a lot of wisdom of how to do that. I teach classes on sexuality at my, at my workshop. I also give by, I want to mention at MarsVenus.com, I have a free class for everybody. It's a really great review with exercises and everything that I'm talking about, one for single men, single women, married men, married women are in a relationship. It's free. It's called, go to MarsVenus.com forward slash gift, and it's really wonderful. You get it, and, and everybody, we get rave reviews. It's, a lot of people don't want to read the books, but you can have, uh, get it real fast in three days, sort of a summary of everything I teach. Anyway. Yeah, video and audio is a nice thing for sure, especially when you're walking or exercising or something like that to just listen to it. It's, it's nice. Yeah, well, this is a great course that you get, and we send you emails with exercises too. So that's okay. free. 
But uh, back to the stages. So uncertainty stage is really, really real. And so I was going through the uncertainty stage. We never made it through. <laughs> and then I had to go be in another relationship, mess it up, not be perfect, and learn from my lessons. And then she felt she'd marry me, so I went back and married her. So that was a very sweet, sweet love story. Having, But that's the uncertainty stage. We doubt. We kind of question, is this really one for me? And what will happen during the, generally speaking, now, these are generalities, but in the uncertainty stage, women get insecure and seek reassurance. That's not the time to talk about the relationship. <laughs> like, where are we going with this relationship? How do you feel about me? Do you love me? <laughs> do you want to be with me? Are we going to be monogamous? That's not the time to ask for it when you're feeling insecure. That's uncertainty. I don't know. Am I wasting my time? What's going on here? Because what's happened, when he goes into uncertainty, that means he's actually starting to feel more for you, which means his estrogen's going up. So naturally he needs to what I call rubber band. He needs to pull back before he can spring forward. You know, if you stretch a rubber band back, it will spring forward. And this is what men tend to do whenever they experience increasing intimacy, is they pull back, and then they will start to miss you. Then they'll come back to you, and then they spring back. But that springing back is building a bond where when he's he pulls away to rebuild his testosterone, so to speak, to, you know, to just have his own space. I just need my time. I need my space. But if you don't go after him, then he'll come back to you. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.